over the last few months, you guys know, so first off, how many know that yesterday and today, this whole weekend, was a busy weekend for the Real Life family, amen? Yes, if you guys are aware, over the last month, we've been plugging our trunk or treat. We've been having, we did it last year, and we wanted to bring it back bigger and better than we ever could. And let me just tell you today, church, it was bigger and better than ever before last year. It was last night. So thank you so much to our trunks and our volunteers that could make that happen. Could not have done it without you. They had so many great trunks. We actually have some pictures of the night making it happen. So we're guessing probably around 800 to 1,000 people came through our doors yesterday. Yeah, let's give that up today, church. I don't know about for you, I think I share the same heart, that any time that we can open our building to the community is a win in our book, right? Any time that we give people a reason to come to the house of God is a good thing, right? So we had over 800 to 1,000 people come yesterday, and we had a competition with our trunks as well. So we have, we're going to have a third, a second, and a first place winner today. So... Jim, why don't you go ahead and give us third place. Toy Story. Look at those great kids. Awesome. Great Piazza family. Second place. Cookie Monster. Yo, I don't know what it is, but they, every year they have a song that just plays on loop, and I, it's in my head for like four weeks. C is for cookie. All right. Okay, Jim, number one. The Up family. So we have a little guest appearance this morning. Why don't you guys come on down? <laughs> yes. Oh, we got to get you guys on stage. Come on up here. Oh, you guys look amazing. Oh, wow. This is my dream. Give it up for the Chateau's first place. Good job, guys. Oh, thank you. There you guys go. Thank you guys so much. Oh, had to really up our game. Amen. Everybody did a fantastic job. Hey, uh, Jimmy, we should probably collab sometime. I got some strong Russell vibes going on, you know what I mean? Baby face for life. Um, but yeah, so Trunk or Treat went so well, we cannot do it without you guys. Um, we actually had another trunk that were for you. There's a little basket of leaves, so if you want to take one afterwards and just pray for that person, pray for the community as well, right? Because, hey, we're planting seeds of hope in this in these ministries, right, because they got a chance to be in the house and experience God in these moments. So huge shout out to everybody. It was fantastic. It was amazing. We're looking forward to next year. So get planning, because guess what? Next September, we're going to be asking again. So be ready, because you're going to do one next year, whether you like it or not. So, alrighty, church, let's get started today. As most of you are aware, we are going through a sermon series over the last few weeks, the sermon series has been entitled Heaven, Where Mystery and Majesty Collide. And over these weeks, we've really dug deep into what heaven is. We've covered what the Bible says about heaven. We've 
answered questions that we might have as believers. You know, Pastor Jim led that last week. Such as, what would heaven be like? What should our expectations for heaven be? And many other questions that come alongside of that. Well, today we're going to be focusing on the how. See, if you know me, which most of you understand how my brain works, right? I try to share with you guys so that way you get a live look at what's going on up in here. But you know how my brain works. And when it comes to problem solving, when it comes to solution giving, I am a practical thinker. I go to the practical side of things. I say, how is it going to get done, right? So when we have big projects, when we have things going on at the church, we have our dreamers, right? We have the people that are like, oh, this is going to be pretty. Let's do this. Let's do that. That's not me today. Let's be real. I am saying, all right, how are we going to get it to sparkle? How are we going to get it to this level of awesomeness that our, peop- that our dreamers are doing? How many are with me today? How many are doers in the place, right? So I immediately go to the how. I'm a doer more than a dreamer. And see, that's what I want to present to you today, church, because we've talked a lot about the big scope of things, right? We're imagining what heaven would be like. We're talking about what it would be like. To me, I'm, all right, that's, that's great. Heaven is a place that we want to be at the end. Now, the biggest question is, how do we get there? And so today, I want to provide us with tangible things that we can do in order for us to get to heaven, in order for us to get on the path to heaven. And that's the biggest thing we're going to focus on today. So through my studying and diving into God's word, I've discovered a plan in place for us to reach eternity. And it's a two-step process, right? There's just two things that we must do in life for us to be on a path to heaven. And I know what you're thinking, two things? That's it? Oh, buddy boy, we're going to be out early today. Well, we are anyway, so Merry, Merry Christmas. <laughs> but are we ready today? So the two things that we must do in life for us to be on a path to heaven, two easy things. One, we need to get on the path. And secondly, we need to stay on the path. That's easy, right? Two easy steps. It's one, two, boom, eternity. Easy peasy. But how many of us know that even though it doesn't seem like a lengthy process, an easy process, how many know that this is the most important two steps that we will ever do in our life? This is the most important two-step process that we will ever do. This is the most important decision that we will ever do. This is something we have to do in our life. Because without these steps... Life means nothing. So, number one, we need to get on the path. Step one seems easy, right? You just get on the path, find the path, get on it, and here we go. You just got to start on the path, easy peasy. You know, you get to, the, get to the starting line, easy peasy. Well, see, the follow-up question is, how do we get on the path? Where is the path? How do we get on the path so that way we know we can stay on it? See, the answer is found in John 14, 1 through 7. A little prerequisite information is that the chapter before, Jesus breaks the news to the disciples. He says, I am not going to be here much longer. He says, I'm going to be betrayed 
and I'm leaving very, very soon. So he gives them a little bit of precursor, and then we pick up in 14. It says, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you, would I have told you that I'm not going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to take, to, oh, excuse me. I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way, you know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? We're going to pause right there. We got my man Thomas. He's a bro, right? He gets me. He gets my mind. Never met the guy, but he understands exactly where my brain's at. Getting soon to make a place for you in my father's house. I'm going to make this place for you. You can't come with me right now, but don't know. Don't worry. I'll be back for you. And also, don't worry, I, you know where I'm going, so you know where to go. And Thomas is like, hey, I got nothing. Uh, how can I get on the path if I don't know where I'm going? Thank you, Thomas. That's a question we all ask ourselves. The disciples are asking the same questions that we have today. So, that's a great question, and I'm glad it's asked, because we, it's answered in verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. There it is. You want to know how to get on the path today? The Bible is very clear. There is only one way onto the path today, church. And that is through Jesus Christ. That is it. If we are to get on the path today, on a path to heaven, the only way to get on the path is through the Son. To accept Jesus into our life, that is the only way. The Bible is extremely clear on this. There is no back door there is no side door that your buddy's going to let you in. There is one way to the Father, and that's through his Son. See, it's not about how much money we give in life. It's not about how much money we donate during the Christmas time. It's not about how much time we serve, all the good things that we do in life. Even if we're a good person, none of that matters. The one thing that matters is whether or not you have a relationship with the Son. Because that is the only way. It's not on membership at a church. It's not how many times you go to church. It is all about going through the Son to get to the Father. You see, church, to help us better understand this, we have to understand the significance of Jesus. You see, Jesus in our lives is the connecting piece that brings for us. Jesus is the thing, the person that brings it all together. See, God brought heaven down to us through Jesus. 
See, to help us better understand the significance, we need to add context to this. And when, to add context, I have to, for me, I have to put myself in the disciples' shoes. Because I believe it's easy for us to read through text, to read through the Bible, and just have kind of, just a kind of an overall sense, you know, because we have the full scope of it. We have the beginning, we have the middle, we have the end. We know how it all plays out, right? But how many know that the disciples were living this in time, in present time? So when we read it, we have to put ourselves in these shoes. And we can fully get a better grasp of just how significant Jesus should mean to us and why he's the only way to the Father. See, the thing is, church, nobody in the Old Testament really could say we lived in the presence of God physically. There were people in the Old Testament who had vision of, visions of God. That's for sure. See, there was Jacob, who in Genesis 32 wrestles with an angel. There was Moses in Exodus 33 and 34, who has a glimpse of the sort of shaded glory of God's. There's Manoah, father of Samson, who sees God. There's Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, who see God's glory. Why can't they make names easier in the Bible? Like, come on. There's no Bobs. Hi, Bob. I wish. That'd make it so much easier. So there's Isaiah, who talks about the vision of God's glory in chapter 6. There's Ezekiel, who sees the glory of God in Ezekiel chapter 1. But apart from those very rare and very unique circumstances, there's very, very muted visions of God. There's no actual presence of physical presence of God. Yes, there's a cloud while they're wandering in the wilderness, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, but nothing like God in the human flesh. So this is an incredibly wondrous experience for the disciples. They get to be with a physical form of God 24-7. Twelve disciples get to be there. It's a, it was a rare, singular experience for God to man, manifest himself in human form this way. So for the disciples to have that and to say, Jesus say, hey, I'm leaving, but don't worry. You know where I'm going. They're like, uh, no, we don't. You were our lifeline. How do we know where we're going? And Jesus says, don't worry, because the only way to heaven is through me. And you guys know me. And even the better part of it, he says, if you really know me, then you know my Father. For you have seen me, you have seen the Father. We are one in the same. So for you to accept me, you accept the Father. That is why Jesus is the only way. That is why we accept Christ, because when we accept Christ into our lives, we accept the Father. And that's just one step. Easy peasy. You accept Jesus, you accept the Father. That's the one way on the path. And then we go to step two. Once we're on the path, guess what? You got to stay on the path. 
See, when we're on the path, right, we already did step one, check, 50% of the way done. Okay, now all we got to do is we got to stay on the path. And we get asked the, old, the age-old question, Pastor, how do I know if I'm on the right track? How do I know that I am staying on the path? Great question. So we turn to chapter 14 and start at verse 15. It says, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love and show myself to them. So in this passage, it basically says, look, the Father is not going to leave you. The Father is not going to leave you without help. Right? So Jesus was the disciples' guidance and driving factor. Jesus was leading the disciples, and he says, hey, don't worry. When I'm gone, you're going to have a helper. Lord, the Lord, the Lord is going, weird. That happened yesterday, too. Whoops. So, the Lord, all right, now I got I to gotta get, threw me off. Okay. All right, here we go. So, Jesus says, look, the Father gave me to you, and now, the Father is going to give the Spirit to you. And he will be your new teacher. He will be your comforter. He will be your helper. He will be everything that I have been. And the Father will send him in my name. He will teach you and bring you to remembrance that I said to you. You are not going to lose out on anything. The Spirit of God is coming from the Father. So in order for us to stay on the path, we have to be filled with the Spirit. We have to be filled with God's Spirit. See, chapter 16, verse 13 says, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He speaks for the Trinity, he speaks for the Father, he speaks for the Son. And he will disclose you what is to come. He will glorify me. He will take of mine and disclose it to you. So in order for us to stay on the path, we need to be filled with God's spirit. Because God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the spirit of truth. Now, how many of us know that part of our human nature, part of us as humans, is that we want the truth, right? We don't want anybody to ever lie to us. Can we agree with that today? 
And so we want the truth, no matter what it is in life. No matter the situations, we want the truth. Where are my parents at today? When your kids break something, or they do something, or they pick a fight, what's the first thing that comes out of your mouth? Did you, did you do this? You better tell me the truth. You better tell me the truth. Right? When I eat my wife's cereal at home, she goes, did you eat my cereal? No. Boy, you better tell me the truth. We got Waffle Crisp at home. I can't help it. But, but you know what I'm saying? We desire truth. And there's no better truth than the Holy Spirit. So when we fill ourselves with the Holy Spirit, we are filling ourselves with the truth. That is how we know that we are on the right path. That is how we know that we are on a path to heaven because we are filled with God's truth. And the verse before that says, he is our helper, he is our comforter, he is our guide in these moments. See, God knows that we cannot walk this alone. He understands that. So he said, don't worry, while you're on the path, here is my spirit. My spirit is here. The spirit of truth is here to guide you on the path. Take him, let him guide you. Fill yourself up with me, and you will be on the path. See, we need to fill ourselves. The more we connect with God, the more his spirit is poured out to us. The more we seek God, the more that his spirit is given to us. But let's talk practically, right? That's what today is all about. How do we fill ourselves with the Holy Spirit? How do we fill ourselves? How do we get more connected to God? How do we discover God more in our lives? Oddly enough, we actually just finished a sermon series on this at Youth. So I'm, I'm going to be honest. I was kind of critiquing my notes last night and I kind of threw this in last minute or else the youth kids would be up here giving you the lesson but see we gave them this sermon series and we said we want you in this time in in this season of your life we want you to grow more with God that is what we're teaching our teenagers right now how can we grow more with God and we said you need to read your Bible do we agree with that today? You need to read your Bible. You need to be in God's word. Really, I should be saying we because I'm a part of this, right? We need to be in God's word. See, the Bible is our ultimate guide in life. You have a question about life, you turn to the Bible. You want to know what to do, you turn to the Bible. The Bible is our truth seeker in this world. You want the truth, nothing is going to be more true than the Bible. God's word. And see, when we read our Bible, we discover God. The Bible tells us who God is. Not only that, the Bible gives us our identity in life. So if we are in our word, as we should be, we are understanding God's personality and who we are to the Father. We also told our students, you need to be in prayer We need to be in prayer. Prayer is our lifeline. 
I was just talking to Mary yesterday. Mary was telling me, she says, Pastor, I pray about everything. Anything and everything I pray about. I said, Mary, you go, girl. Right? Come on. Because it is our lifeline. It is our connection, our communication to God. The more that we talk to God, the more his character is revealed to us. And see, our prayer life should be like a friendship. You have to start somewhere. Right? You don't just become friends with somebody just like, hey, it's, you know, like you have lifelong friends. You guys don't just start off lifelong friends. It's awkward at first, right? It's hard to talk to them at first. I mean, look at me and my wife. I was so awkward. I got her permission to say this. Well, actually, she was like, I was like, yeah, it was awkward between us. She goes, you were more of the awkward one, which I'll take. So, but the more I talk to my wife, the easier it is to talk to my wife now. See, when we first started talking, when we first started dating and engagement, I'd ask her questions like, what's your favorite color? What do you want to be when you grow up? You know, all these questions that aren't that deep. And now I'm like, hey, is this rash? (laughs) I'm kidding. I don't have a rash. It's metaphorical. But you see what I'm saying today, church? The more we get a chance to talk with God, the more comfortable we are. This is how we should approach our prayer life. It's awkward at first. Can I be honest? You know, as we begin this walk, it's awkward at first. Well, what do I pray about? Take Mary Sargent's advice. Pray for everything. Pray over everything. Because when we start and we keep going, it's going to get more and more comfortable. It's going to get more and more easy. And then we're going to look back and say, wow, the little things I was praying about then, like, God, thank you so much for today. And now I'm asking God for bold things to move in my life. It gets easier as we continue to practice. The more we are consistent in our prayer life, God's character is revealed to us and exchange we see God's love for us. See, God cares about us. He wants us to be seeking after him over all things. Yo, I'm going to ask the band, if you guys want to come up, we're going to start to close today. We're doing great on time. Let's go. So, as we begin to close today, there's one thing that I want to kind of wrap up with there's one thing that I want to talk about that needs to be bring it, that we need to bring it home with. See, the practical side of things, the information that we've been talking about today that I've given you is all fine and good if it is applied in our lives. Like I said kind of at the beginning, if this is not applied in our lives, Life means nothing. The path has been laid out for us today. Remember, we talked about it at the beginning, and it's two things. You get on the path, you stay on the path. Easy, right? Why is it so easy? Because God wants everybody to have an opportunity 
at heaven. God wants everyone in eternity. But it is your decision on how you proceed today. It is your decision on what you do with the information. Right? Stay on the path. Get on the path, stay on the path. That's it. Two things. We talk practically about what we need to do to do both of those things in life. Now it is our turn to make that decision of how we are going to proceed. But what I want us to do as a church family today is I want us to look, reflect on where we're at right now. How are we in the process? Where are we at in the process? Maybe for us, maybe for some of us, it's time that we get on the path. Hello? Maybe for us, it's time to get on the path. Some of us have been standing on the sidelines far too long. And we've decided that we've had enough. It's time to get on the path. Pastor Jim has actually said this every week, and I kind of want to keep this trend going. There is no better time There is no better day to accept Jesus into your life than today. There is no better time than today. If that's you today, I want to encourage you to make that commitment. I want to encourage you to commit to getting on the path today. Because when we accept Jesus, we accept the Father. And that is what I want to encourage you with today. If that is you, that you're at step one, you're at the beginning, I need to get on the path today. There's no better time. Maybe some of us are being led today in the need to get back on the path. That we were on the path and we were walking. And then somehow, some way. We took a wrong turn, and we're not on the path we're supposed to be. And if that's you, I want to encourage you today to leave the worldly distractions where they're at. Leave the distractions that the world is giving us and get back on the path. Leave those distractions that have a grasp on you that got you off the path to begin with. And get back on the path with the Father. Well, if you ask yourself, Pastor, how do I do that? How do I get back on the path? It takes some work. But you got to ask yourself, where's my prayer life at? Am I getting in the Word enough? Am I understanding God's truth? Am I reading God's truth? Or am I letting the world tell me who I should be? Versus letting God tell me who I should be. That is what I want to encourage us with you today. If you need to get back on the path, leave those distractions and come back to the Father. Fill yourself with God's presence today. Maybe you need accountability. Maybe you need to join a life group to help you get that. Get it done. Join a life group. Ask an accountability partner, hey, I need to get back on. I need to get back on the path. Because just as much as God says, hey, you can't walk this alone, i got a spirit for you. God also says, I have a community for you. 
I have a church family for you that's going to help you on this path. But you need to fill yourself with God's presence. And if you are on the fence today, you're thinking, ah, I hear what you're saying. I don't know if that's for me. I have my doubts. Let me just tell you, the path is made easy. You cannot be too damaged. You cannot be too broken. There's no such thing as too lost for the Father today. And just like we want to keep this going each week, there's no better time than to come to the Father right now. So if you're on the fence today, I don't want you on the fence. But I will leave you with, it's all about how you respond today. It is about how you respond to the Father. God will welcome you with open arms today. He made the path so easy so that everyone has a shot at the path. It's all on how we respond today, church. And if you're on steps one and two and you're like, I'm going good, pray for our brothers. Pray for our sisters, right? Pray for the lost. We are to work together. We are a community. We are a family. Let's help each other out today. That is my prayer. That is my heart for this church today. So I want to pray with you guys today. I just want to pray over these two, these two easy steps, right? Get on the path, stay on the path. And I don't want us to take it lightly. I want us to take a deep look at where we need to go from here. Can we do that today, church? Amen. So let us pray. God, we thank you so much, Father. God, we thank you for your plan in place for us, Father. God, as we study today, God, that you've laid on my heart today, God, that there is a plan in place for us to be in eternity with you, Father. God, as a church family right now, I just want to pray over each individual right now. God, allow our hearts to be open to accept the Father today. God, allow our hearts to be open God, just for your correction. God, I pray for the lost today. God, I pray for the people in this building, God, that are saying, Lord, I need to be on the path today. I pray for them, God. I pray that you just stir in them right now. God, that you just stir in their hearts to let them know that there's no better day than today, Father. God, I pray for the people in this family. God, that maybe have taken a few steps off the path. God, I pray that you stir in their hearts right now, Father. Stir in their hearts right now and let them know that it's time for a homecoming. Let them know that it's time to get back on the path, Lord. God, we just pray over this church family today. God, I ask that you just be, your presence just fill us. God, that we just, we just desire your truth today. God, that we just seek your presence in all things, Father. God, that we just look for you today. God, I am thankful for this family, God. 
I pray, Lord, that you're praying to work in our hearts today, Father. God, we love you. We thank you so much. In your precious and holy name, Father. Amen.